Well, good morning, Orchard Church. I don't know about you guys, but that is worth celebrating one more time. 61 baptisms. Wow. Man, that is so exciting. That never gets old. That was our first baptism of the year. We're doing our baptisms quarterly on the fifth Sunday of, of a month this year. And we started off with a bang with 61 people going public with their faith. So, man, that's just incredible. We just praise God for that. Awesome, awesome. And let me just say, if you have been thinking about baptism, contemplating baptism, putting off getting baptized, if you've accepted Christ recently or in the past and you've not been uh, baptized, scripturally baptized by immersion, man, don't delay. Sign up today, right now. Just take out your connection card, put your name down, check that you're interested in baptism. Our next baptism will be April 30th, and so that's the fifth Sunday of that month. And we're hoping, man, wouldn't it be great if we break the record of 61 and have maybe 70 next time? And so... Sign up now. We'll get you all the information. But uh, what an incredible way to, to start the year. and What an incredible way to start this Sunday, seeing people go public with their faith that said yes to Jesus. Thank you to all those who helped us with that incredible baptism uh, last weekend. Well, hey, we want to welcome you guys to Super Bowl Sunday here at Orchard Church. I know it's a little different feel this year than last year's Super Bowl Sunday. But can I remind you that until about 830 tonight, we're reigning world champions still. We're still reigning world champions. So we're going to milk it to the very last minute. Let me just, let's just take a quick poll. Uh, let me ask you, how many of you would like to see the Patriots win tonight? Let me hear from you. Well, let me just say, if you are rooting for the Patriots, we wanted you to feel comfortable today. So we took a little bit of air out of some of the balloons just so you would feel a little more comfortable. <laughs> That's really bad. How many are rooting for the Falcons tonight? <laughs> it's, it's not really about who we're for. It's about who we're against, I think, is, is the common feel of the Super Bowl uh, this year. Well, listen, we're going to give out some uh, Bronco gear here in just a moment. So have your tickets ready. But before we do that, um, we're celebrating a lot of things today. Would it be okay if I give you guys an update of our new building next door? Let me give you guys an update of what's going on. Hopefully, as you've been arriving each and every Sunday and driving by through the week, you see the dirt moving and all the site work that is happening. Uh, we are right on schedule. They tell me uh, weather put us back a little bit. They're catching back up. The schedule for construction schedule right now, they're telling us, is that they're going to be completed with the construction in October of this year. October. So not very long. Uh, then we'll have to do the lights and sound and move our equipment, all those things in. So we're praying and asking you guys to pray that we'll be in right before Thanksgiving. That'll give us a few Sundays under our belt, and then we'll have like this massive grand opening for Christmas Eve. And so what a great Christmas it would be to be in our new building. And so that's the update on, on the timing. I also want to let you guys know, a few weeks ago, we had you fill out these little white cards. And we've got a picture of this. Uh, we had you guys put scripture verses and your prayers on the cards. And so a couple of weeks ago, they let us know when they were pouring uh, the very first uh, part of the, the footers of the building, of the foundation. So we went out there, we put those down, and you can see the cement going in. So all of your prayers and all the scriptures are now a permanent part of our new building. They're in the foundation forever. 
So they're in there. So thank you guys for participating in, in that. But that was pretty cool to be a part of that. And uh, you can watch this. If you want to see it live, we did a Facebook Live. And so go to our Facebook, Orchard Church's Facebook page. You can watch the video on there. Um, if you're not on our Orchard Facebook page, you need to be. Uh, that's one of our best ways to keep communication with you guys, let you know up-to-the-minute stuff. I think we're approaching 2,000 likes. We're like 20 away. So whoever is our 2,000th like, we're going to give it a, a prize. All right? So if you're not, if you haven't liked our Facebook book page go and and do that now don't like unlike it and like it again so you can win i know how some of you guys work so but uh, and let me tell you this about our building something that i'm super pumped about Um, when we bought the land about two and a half years ago uh, we bought 38 acres of land right next door um, for 1.8 million dollars we paid cash the land's been paid for and so yeah praise god for that And because of your incredible financial generosity, we've been able to continue to do the work. We've done about $3.5 million worth of work on the building, the land and the building uh, to this day. $3.5 million. And you know how much we've had to tap into our loan so far? Zero. We've done it all with cash. $3.5 million. We know we're not going to be able to do that forever, but we want to do that as long as we can and save thousands and thousands of dollars in interest and put that back into ministry and advancing the kingdom instead of, you know, just building a building. And so thank you. I can't thank you enough, all of you who are faithfully tithing and giving your offerings, giving to our Orchard uh, Legacy Building Campaign. That's making all of this possible. You have a part, not just in a building being built, but lives being built and the lives that are going to be changed. I mean, there's going to be hundreds of thousands of people that are going to accept Christ in this building um, in the generations to come. So thank you for being a part of that. If you're new to Orchard Church and God would lay on your heart to say, man, I want to be a part of that building. I want to know that I'm, I'm involved and participating in that. Go to orchardlegacy.com. You can watch the video, learn all about um, our campaign. You can go to our Got Questions table today, pick up a brochure, and just pray about and consider uh, giving something to that so we can continue to do this with cash as long as possible. So can we just praise God for our building and what's going on there? Really awesome, exciting stuff. Hey, we're so glad you guys are here. Uh, Right now, we're going to watch an incredible video. It's some testimonies from current and former NFL players and their wives, and they're just sharing their testimony of the life change that has happened because of Jesus Christ. And uh, this is going to be a blessing to you guys, so let's watch this right now. Athletes, every one of them unique. Their events are different. Their training is diverse. Their journey is anything but ordinary. And yet in the middle of all that uniqueness, there's one thing they have in common. One part of their journey that's consistent across all others. Every person who's ever played any sport at any time must at all times and in all ways overcome. And it's not only folks from the world of sports, businessmen and businesswomen, moms and grandparents, students who are finishing and only just beginning. All must learn to push through adversity and to experience their reward on the other side. Because the greatest rewards are always given to the ones who overcome.
Hey everyone, welcome to Football Sunday 2017. Today is that day we've been waiting for all year long. In the next few minutes, you'll hear powerful and inspirational stories from NFL players and their wives. You'll also hear from players who are playing in today's Super Bowl. Today, the last two teams will play each other, but only one team will walk away with that Lombardi trophy. Their name will forever be etched into that reward, and it will never be taken away from them. I've been to two Super Bowls, and I know what it's like to be on the winning side and the losing side. I know what it's like when the final clock goes off and you've won and the confetti drops. And I know what it's like when the final clock goes and you've lost and your family and you are in tears. I know the joy and the pain of the Super Bowl. This will be an amazing day for all players who get a chance to play. But the greatest reward will go to the ones who overcome. We're glad you're with us. Welcome to Football Sunday luckiest man alive you know I've I've been so blessed to have the experience that I've had here the net last nine years and to be appearing in my third Super Bowl it's really hard to put in words it validates why you do the things that you do why you buy into the team mentality why you support your brothers why you do all those things when you get to go to a game like this you get to be a part of a game like this and hopefully to win a game like this you get to be here and, and have an opportunity to play in the Super Bowl I mean the the pinnacle of, of your profession is, um, I mean, words don't actually describe how excited I am. Once that, that final whistle blows in an AFC championship game, it rushes you right at that point. You start hugging all the guys. You're like, this is why we did all the things that we hated doing in the offseason, the workouts. It's all because we want to play in this last game. You pretend like I'm being Super Bowl someday. I just feel blessed. I mean, you look at where you come from and where you are now, and like the path that God's taking you from is one of those things where I just worked my tail off and then just to see where I am now and that opportunity and to be on the biggest stage in the world. Getting to this game isn't the goal, you know, it's, it's winning this game, and so that's that's what all of our focus and our attention has shifted to. You know, we celebrated the championship game, you know, Sunday night, and then. Monday morning, we are right back into our process, you know, that we go through each and every week. You know, we're just really excited. Individually, it's, you know, it's kind of like a dream come true to get here, and now finishing finishing the story and winning, winning it this season would definitely put the cap on it. I got to know Anquan Bolden at the 2015 Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. I was impressed not only by his humility, but by his genuine concern for others. I'm excited for you to meet Anquan. This is his story.
It's always been a dream of mine to play in the NFL. It's probably the greatest platform that a person can have. When I first got in the NFL, I was selfish. I wanted things my way, when I wanted it, how I wanted it. It was just a, a time where I felt like I had accomplished what I set out to do. Everything that I had went through as a kid, all the hardships, all of that, you know, I felt like at that time it had paid off. You know, I was in the NFL, achieved my dream, scoring touchdowns. So, yeah, I was on top of the world. I think when, when I had my son, for me, it brought about a new perspective on life. I realized that everything I did affected him in one way or another, whether it be good or bad. There was things that I went through in my life that I never wanted my son to go through. And I just realized, man, there was things that I was doing that I just couldn't do no more. I wasn't living for just Anquan anymore. So I became a little more serious about my relationship with my now wife, she saw in me what at times I couldn't see. And she used to always tell me, I see the man that God wants you to be. I see the man that you can be. And whenever you have somebody challenging you like that, you have to take a look at yourself. I want to be able to worship in every aspect of my life. I want to be obedient in every part of my life, in my marriage, in my job, in my finances. I mean, there's times where God is asking us to step outside of our comfort zone and go to Africa. There's other times where God is asking me to step out of my comfort zone and do an interview or speak before a crowd about my life. I've always wanted to help those that are in my community because it's not a lot of opportunity there. Initially, I never wanted to start a foundation. I wanted to do everything anonymously. And then I had this older gentleman come to me and he was like, look, you doing things behind closed doors, that's fine. But if you want people to partner with you, it would be good for you to start a foundation. We started with my hometown, Pahokee, Florida. Small town right on Lake Okeechobee. You know, so we have different programs. Education is a huge component of ours with the foundation. So we have a summer enrichment program, which is credit recovery for kids that are falling behind in school. We get those kids back on track to graduate. The more that I fell in love with Jesus, the more I looked for opportunities to serve people. Like what I do is not for an award. I don't help people to be recognized. Like if I can do it all behind closed doors, I would. But we do do it for a greater reward. Like the Bible tells us to store up our treasures in heaven. So how do we do that? By doing the will of God here on earth. Until you really seek God, you won't really know him. And sometimes the only time that people will get to know who God is, is by watching our lives.
Anquan has devoted his life to helping other people overcome the obstacles that stand in their way. And his story can be our story. We all have people in our lives that need us to help them overcome. They may see a wall that stops them, but we can help them see a bridge that connects them to a future with promise and hope. So when you look at the people in your life, who needs you to help them overcome something that's too big for them to handle on their own? Hey, this is my wife, Kirsten. Hi, everyone. I am so excited to be here. We've been married for 11 years, five kids. That's right, five kids. Right, and whoever said marriage was easy was clearly never married. Marriage is tough, and this story is about two people who have overcome their past to have the thriving marriage they have today. We have watched Brandon and Mishi Marshall grow personally in their relationship with the Lord and with each other, but it wasn't easy. This is their story. in a neighborhood in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania that now is the poorest neighborhood in all of Pennsylvania. It was very volatile, a lot of drugs. My father actually sold drugs, what he did for a living. But I remember my mother sitting in her room day in and day out, smoking cigarettes and getting to a point where she would have a fifth of Hennessy every single day. There was a uh, fighting, um, but there wasn't only just fighting in our house, there was fighting next door, there was fighting across the street, the street over. Misha and I married, I thought couples fight. I thought families fight, but you just, you know, that's what happens and you just get past it, you make up. But it was my belief because of the environment I come from. So I had to drop all of my belief, my belief system that was formed starting at the age of two and figure out what is a woman, what is a man? How am I supposed to treat a woman? Because I've never seen that in a healthy way. I grew up in a single parent household. My father, and I use that term loosely, was an abuser. He abused my mom. And I didn't grow up in a household with abuse, so to speak, because my mom was able to get away from that. I was molested when I was younger, the age of 12. This is probably my first time ever saying this on an open forum. But to have not ever been able to trust a man, to have not known anybody that would be able to protect or provide, shaped me. I didn't know what it was for a man to love a woman. I also didn't know what it was to love a man, because I didn't see it. Seeing my parents argue or seeing others argue or seeing the dysfunction in my household and, and, and saying, that's not right. I didn't know right, but I knew that wasn't right. There was this, uh, this, this period of five or six years where my life was spinning out of control and I just didn't even know better. It wasn't until I got with Mishi and we started seeking and starting surrounding ourselves with saints and the right people to pour into our lives and diving into the word and praying and meditating on the word where that clarity came. So before I even had children, I wanted to help the next generation of my family um, better themselves. And in order to do that, I have to live my life by example and live my life the best way that I can and the best way that I know how. Now that we have children, it's a whole nother ball game because not only am I responsible for helping them see Christ, I'm responsible for leading them up in Christ. We need to break the cycle. 
So we went through this whole thing of bettering ourselves, bettering our marriage, bettering our communication. You know, we just worked on it. covenant that Brandon and I made with each other and the covenant we made with God is that we will break the generational cycle in our family. We will take our marriage seriously. We will show each other grace. We will work through our struggles and we will find purpose in our pain. All right, just remember praying for four or five years, Father, help me break this cycle. I'm sitting on my knees and I'm praying and I couldn't get any words out and I just started laughing because in that moment it was the first time I was able to say the cycle was broken. I love what they did. To make a covenant not only with each other but individually to say that I am a new creation. And despite what happened to me in my past, I am going to overcome those circumstances. And maybe it's your turn. Maybe it's time for you to overcome the bad decisions, the pain that somebody else brought on you. Maybe it's your turn to experience the freedom that comes only through the blood of Jesus Christ. Um, having to deal with an injury this year and having to miss some time um, is very tough. Obviously, there's the physical pain that you deal with, but there's an emotional aspect to that you know it's easy to sit back and say yeah I'm a Christian when everything's going well for you and, and to give everybody else advice but when you're having to actually put your faith into action and and trust that hey the Lord's got you no matter if you get back on the field or not um, you know that was something that that I was really challenged by this season and thankfully he brought me back to the football field but I think it did a lot for my personal growth as a, as a Christian. The good friend of mine and a former teammate from Auburn uh, a few years ago passed away in a car accident and he was you know one of my dearest friends and while he may have been younger than me you know he was a role model to me his name was Philip Lutzenkirchen you could talk to him about anything and uh, you know when he when he passed away that was that was a tough thing for me to go through I mean I had lost family members before and but something was different you know being a little younger and losing somebody that you know is around your age that was something that was it, you know, it was really hard for me to get through we all want to be comfortable we think God's gonna be a comfortable God we think that it's gonna make us make life easier and that's so far from the truth He was diagnosed with uh, cancerous tumors in his kidneys. And it's a, a rare condition, it's a bilateral Wilms tumor. It's probably 25 cases a year. And we started off with 19 weeks of chemo, and then they said, you know, we're gonna go a full year. So he's a full year of chemo. The tumors are still there, but the tumors have shrink, uh, shrunken dramatically, which is awesome. And so what right now we're doing is surveillance and kind of God's holding us in this holding pattern to not tell you it's over, to not tell you it's not over. So we just have to trust in him through all that. In this life, we all experience physical and emotional pain. Just this year, I lost a loved one, like many of you have before. And I can tell you that pain is one of the hardest things to overcome. DeBrickashaw and Kirsten Ferguson have experienced deep pain. And it's something that has not gone away quickly. This is their story.
A friend of mine was his publicist at the time. Um, she wanted to uh, all go out one night. So I said, sure, let's go. You know, I saw Kirsten. Uh, I knew as soon as I saw her, I was like, okay, you know. I'm, I'm probably going to you know, try to get at her a little bit because, you know, she was nice. It was just easy and fun. Kind of all the things you dream about as a little girl, you know, you meet your husband, the love of your life, and you move into a beautiful home, and then you have children, and you kind of live happily ever after, and that was kind of my mindset. I knew that I wanted children one day, but that one day wasn't that day. We got pregnant, and it was like, this is what was supposed to happen, you know? We went in and we saw the ultrasound, and I'm just chit-chatting with the girls that are doing the ultrasound, and then all of a sudden it, it went quiet. And you know, my doctor told me, you know, by this time you should definitely see a heartbeat, and, but there wasn't even, there wasn't even a baby. It was, it was, there was nothing. The intense pain just starts, and it's full-on labor, basically. So I'm screaming, Brick is running up and down the stairs trying to get me, like, hot pads for my stomach, and the baby passed while he was downstairs, and I just remember screaming his name, and he comes running in, and it looks like a murder scene in our bathroom. Like, she's very, very weak at this time, and I'm like, well, I have to be strong because we're supposed to lean on one another. Brick lifts me up and he says, don't you dare look in that toilet, and he flushes it. He's like, that's not where our baby is. God had shown up in my life before, and so I knew that he was real, and I just knew that this was one of our trials. I was just focused on having kids, and I was like, Brick, you need to get on board. And he was like, I'm not ready. So there was just so much attention on having a child. There was so much attention on this vision that I was not seeing the same way. I think as we talked to the counselors and kind of laid out how we were feeling, it kind of quieted down a little bit because we finally felt heard. It was a rough time, but I feel like that six months, we needed that six months. At that moment, we finally were able to plan something together. And we got pregnant the first time. We were planning our trip to Israel, um, so my doctor was like, before you go, you know, I think everything should be good. She just wanted to check on the baby and make sure everything was fine before we left. So we went in at um, eight and a half weeks. The lady, you know, put the gel on, and I look at the screen, and there was no heartbeat. The baby was just lying at the bottom of the sack. And uh, that was really hard. It was really hard, and I remember saying, like, There's a, keep checking, like, make sure. And, but there was nothing. The baby was just... I was angry with God. I was mad. I, I just, I couldn't understand it. It was so hard to just live everyday life. 
The hardest day for me was we went to church on Mother's Day. The pastor asks all the moms to stand up and she gives every woman a rose that stands up. And that feeling of having to stay seated was so heartbreaking. Like I said, church started to be a really hard place for me. So it was one of those days and um, I was tearing up and, and a, a random woman came up to me. I had no idea who she was. She didn't know who I was. I was trying to kind of just stand off to the side a little bit. Um, and she said to me, God has not forgotten you. And I was blown away, blown away. And I just broke down and she's like, oh, I didn't mean to make you upset. I was like, you have no idea what those words just meant to me. remember just having hope in that and just saying, okay, God, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I know you're still there. And I got pregnant. I felt more prepared. I felt like, okay, I'm ready for this step. It was like an exciting time, but it was also very scary because I'm like, this is the third time we've been here before. I don't even know if I have words that can describe the joy I felt. I didn't know how to feel, you know, I'm like, there was just so much, uh, I was overwhelmed. It was just like, of course it's you, of course I was waiting for you. God has not forgotten you. In our pain and our struggles. In the uncontrollable events of our lives, God has not forgotten us because he has written our names in the palm of his hands. And ultimately, that's why we can overcome. It's not because we try harder. It's not because we get stronger. It's because we acknowledge that the person who overcame sin and death is the one that gives us the power to overcome. In Revelation 1:18, Jesus says, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. Don't miss this. Jesus holds the keys to death. And it's that power, it's that power over death that gives us the ability to overcome. pray with me. Heavenly Father, we just want to come to you right now and acknowledge that because of your son, 
we can be overcomers. What a great reminder from these NFL players and their wives that whatever they're going through, whatever they faced, that we have a God that never leaves us, never forsakes us, that we can come boldly before your throne of grace to find help in a time of need. And Lord, I'm, I'm sure in a crowd this size, there are people here today that needed to hear these stories, how people have been strengthened in their belief and their faith in you as Lord and Savior, and that whatever you bring us to, you'll bring us through, and that your grace is sufficient for anything we face. And I pray for those that are today going through trials and tribulations and difficulty and challenges that could relate to some of these stories, that they would be reminded that we are more than conquerors through the one who loved us, Jesus Christ. And that it might strengthen our faith today. And what an incredible reminder that you have not forgotten us. You've not forgotten any of us. Lord, I just pray, especially for those that are here today right now, that maybe have never opened their heart and life to you, to say yes to Jesus the one who has the keys to death and the grave. I pray, Lord, for those today that have not accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, I pray that in this next few moments that this would be the time, that this would be the day. Maybe you've been allowing some things to come into their life and you brought them here today for this time and this moment. Maybe you've been using some things to hopefully be a wake-up call in their life, and I pray that today they would answer that call. We continue in an attitude of prayer right now with heads bowed and eyes closed. Don't be looking around for just a moment. I just want to talk to a few of you here this morning that maybe God is speaking to your heart through His Spirit today. And He's saying, you know what? It's time to say yes to Jesus. It's time to invite Jesus into your life as your Lord and your Savior. I'm not, I'm not asking you if you believe in God. I'm not asking if you even believe there was a man named Jesus. But do you believe in Him? Have you put your faith in Him, your trust in Him? so that you can overcome. He went to a cross 2,000 years ago to die for you so that he could etch your name into the palm of his hands. And then the Bible says, when you put your faith in him, he writes your name down in a book in heaven. We call it the Lamb's Book of Life. I, I like to refer to it as God's reservation book for heaven and eternal life. Do you know for sure your name is there? And if you're not, you can be. I want to give you an opportunity right now to say yes to Jesus. I'm not going to ask you to come up. I'm not going to ask you to speak up. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I'm just going to ask you to be willing to do what the Bible says. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever. That includes you. And the way we call on the Lord is through prayer. So I want to lead some of you in a prayer. I'll help you with the words. It's not a magic prayer or magic words, but if it comes from your heart, a heart of belief and faith, you can say yes to Jesus today, and you can overcome. You can overcome. You can have the keys to get out of death and the grave and know you're going to spend eternity with Jesus and begin a relationship with Him today that lasts a lifetime until you see Him face to face. So you know who you are. If God is speaking to you and saying... It's time. It's time. It's time. Would you pray this prayer with me from your heart to God's right now in faith? It goes like this. Jesus, I believe in you. 
I believe you died on the cross for me to pay for my sins that separated me from a relationship with you. I'm saying yes to you today, Jesus. Yes, be my Lord. Be my Savior. Write my name in the book of life. Make my reservation. I want to know you. Thank you for pursuing me. Thank you. So we just continue an attitude of prayer. I don't want to embarrass anybody. I never want to do that. But if you just prayed that prayer and you meant it, and I believe many of you did, in just a moment, I'm just going to ask you, with nobody looking around but myself, just to, just to raise your hand so I can pray for you. I'm going to pray that you will grow in your walk and relationship with Jesus from this day forward. You just made the most important decision you could ever make. And I would love the privilege to pray for you. So right now, without hesitation, if you prayed that prayer, would you slip up your hand and put them up nice and high because I don't want to miss anybody. Lift them up. Keep them up. Keep them up. Keep them up. God bless you here, sir. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. And you, ma'am. And you, sir. And God bless you. And up here, one, two, three people over there. God bless you here in the middle. God bless you. One, two, three, four, five people over here. Amen. 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 Several of you. If I missed your hand, it's okay. God sees your heart. Let me pray for you. Father, I just pray for all those putting their faith and trust in you today. I pray that they would never forget this moment. They'd never forget this day. The day that they were set free. That they went from death to life. And Lord, I pray they grow in their walk and relationship with you from this day forward. That we as a church would come alongside, welcome them with open arms as our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we all, as believers, thank you today for Jesus Christ who gives us the ability to overcome. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Can we just celebrate and worship the Lord again? Welcome those into the family of God. Amen. Amen. If you just raised your hand, you prayed that prayer, and you were serious about it, listen, again, that's the most important decision you could ever make. We take that very, very seriously here at Orchard Church. Please let us know about it. On your connection card, just give us your name and your mailing address, because we want to send you a book in the mail. It's called Seven Steps to Joy. It's yours free. It'll just help you in your new relationship with Jesus and your walk with Him. So fill that out. Drop in the offering bucket when it goes by in a few moments. If you're a first-time guest today, thanks so much for being our guest at Orchard Church. We hope we've been as much a blessing to you as you blessed us uh, with your presence today. Hopefully you fill out your guest connection card. Get ready to drop that in the offering bucket when it goes by in just a moment. We're not interested in your money today, first time guests, but we're definitely interested in you. And so if you give us your contact information, what we're going to do is we're going to send you a thank you note and a free gift in the mail just thanking you for being our guest today. And so please let us know that you're here. Uh, in just a moment, we're going to check out what else is going on around here at Orchard Church. We're also going to worship the Lord uh, through our tithes and our offerings, our gifts back to him uh, next Sunday. You guys excited about a new series here at Orchard Church? We are starting a brand new series. Um, it is called Elijah. And I want to give you guys a little bit of homework, okay? I don't usually give you homework, but I want to encourage you to read 1 Kings chapter 17, 18, and 19 uh, this week. Just three chapters about the man Elijah, an incredible man of God we're going to study uh, the next several weeks. And so we're going to kick that off next week. You don't want to miss it. I'm super excited about this series. All right? Well, right now we're going to check out what else is going on around here at Orchard Church. Worship the Lord through our tithes and offerings. I love you, Orchard Church. Have an awesome Awesome Super Bowl Sunday. God bless you.